to this computer. All right, guys. I um, welcome to press record. Uh, look, if you've ever been to a barbecue cook-off, they usually have at least three categories, but basically they have uh, chicken, ribs, uh, and brisket in Texas, and then it's under IBCA, and then under KCBS, they also throw in pork shoulder. But if you've ever been to a KCBS-style cook or an ABA-style cook and you uh, packed up all your stuff and drove to wherever the comp was, the cooking window opened, so you went into your cooler to grab your ribs and realised that you left them at home, go ahead and hit, hit, hit like on the like button and subscribe and follow. I went to uh, a comp up in Auckland meat stock. <laughs> totally we forgot our ribs. Uh, this was not... Not the most recent one, but opened up the uh, cooler and I don't know, just there in the freezer back at back at work, just one of those things. So, got a new policy in place now. We don't put any meat in the fridge unless it's all together, and that seems to have avoided us running into the same problem up until now. Today, my guest may look unfamiliar to a lot of you. He's not one of these guys that's um, well known by face. He's well known by some of the things that he, some of the other ways he. he chooses to express himself, please a huge round of applause for Simon Luxton, a.k.a. Art by Cy. You. Hey, everyone. Uh, look, it's a little bit different, this one. We um, normally focus on hardcore comp barbecue, but, um, you know, I was talking to you the other day, and, I mean, you're as much a part of the comp scene in terms of barbecue wars as anyone, so... Uh, for those who don't know, Asai is a—he's the artist behind all of the amazing team artwork, the, a lot of the meat stock artwork, or all of the meat stock artwork. Um, He's—you've uh, done a whole slew of it, haven't you? Yeah, no, the barbecue family has been been very kind. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a list right in front of me of about twenty jobs that are waiting to be done. So, yeah, it's all and good. Here, and here you are. Instead of doing that, you're here talking to me yeah, slacking off mate i should also be packing up but whatever so sorry look um i guess you are most uh, well at least my introduction to you was through meat stock auckland so can you walk us back to your involvement in art and we maybe we can do a deep dive on some of your art history uh as we talk but can you talk us through how did you get involved with the barbecue scene uh, i assume it was through jay or yeah, so I moved to Port Macquarie about seven years ago, and one of my first jobs, I was a hardcore barista, and right. my, the cafe I worked in was directly under Jay Beaumont's office, and uh, I sort of got to know Jay and his wife, Louise, and um, yeah, more, more so the fact that I had the ability of having their coffee ready for them before they, before they, had, to, uh, before they had to order it, so um, yeah. And I was also involved in a music festival here in Port Macquarie called Festival of the Sun, which is co-owned by Simon Luke, the, uh, the other half of Meatstock. So had, uh, had an involvement with that in an artistic side and provided some live art. So when, when the conception of Meatstock came along, um, I think it was kind of just Jay and Simon's way of getting all their mates involved on this fun little festival. I don't think they really knew where it was going to go, but look at it now. It's a heavy rolling monster and we're all part of it. Okay, so what, uh, that Festival of the Sun's like a music festival, not a barbecue cook-off, right? 
Yeah, so it's a it's it's a very unique festival here in Port Macquarie. It runs every year at the start of December. Um, it's a three day music festival where your ticket involves free camping and it's it's BYO. So it's a um, yeah, it sounds like a recipe for disaster, but it's one of well behaved, fun, awesome festivals going around. It's you know it's always homegrown Australian talent and all that sort of thing. And yeah, it's. Yeah, it's sort of a bit of a DIY festival. So, yeah, I mean, it's been great, great to be a part of that. So, How many years has that been running then? I think it's been running since 2003. So, yeah, right. about 17 oh. years. So, yeah. And um, so, I mean, what did Jay just, obviously Jay's tied up with uh, Simon in terms of meat stock. So you just sort of fell in between uh, the void for art, um, the need for art or... Like did, yeah, well, they, they wanted to, I mean, the Blues and Barbecues Festival had, had run a couple of times and it was fun, but I mean, they wanted meat stock to be its own beast, you know, like the expo side of meat stock is really what, you know, makes the festival bigger and better, you know, like you, you can only learn so much from walking around the pit yards, watching the teams cook while... You know, you show up at Meat Stock now, you've got the Weber guys there. You know, you've got Buffalo Trace back in the day. Heat Feeds always putting on great activations and that sort of thing. And Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was... And, and a lot of little specialty vendors. Like, I'm loving how there's a lot of little knife guys and guys that make yeah. aprons, you know, Macca's knife rolls. And, I mean, they're just awesome uh, collection of barbecue and related businesses exactly i mean and and that's where it sort of evolved you know you've got you know you've got guys that show up now selling viking drinking horns you know and essentially i mean the big burly barbecue that's that's gonna you know it's gonna you gotta uh, get me one of those yeah it's gonna <laughs> you could fill that with your lift plus mate yeah too right <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so uh, so you were did uh, did you do art for the very first meat stock back in uh, what would have been 2016? 2016? 2016 meat Sydney? stock Sydney was yeah. held on Valentine's Day weekend. Nice. The temp on the ground was forty six degrees. Oof. I remember painting the mural with a good friend of mine, Mike Watt. He showed up in black jeans and a flannelette shirt. And we basically had to borrow an esky, put the spray paint in the esky on ice. Uh, my good friend Black Dog Inc. was actually printing merch to order. Um, basically, wow. became extremely overwhelmed. He was he had t-shirts in his mobile freezer on rotation to try and keep himself cool. And um, yeah, that first meat stock. I mean, hence why meat stock Sydney is usually in May now because middle of february is just yeah as you can imagine it's a bit of a nightmare because you know the barbecue smoke and all that sort of thing the crowds it'll soon raise the temp the pavement lets off a huge amount of heat too it meets oh mate it was all black like, asphalt yeah. so yeah. yeah it's it's uh look that's one thing and i never went to the original meat stock sydney but i've been consequently to every single one after that one and um man it's such a good vibe at that sydney one and just the, such such a good layout really really like it and i could see that i mean in may it's hot for a kiwi coming over there like it's still pretty warm but i can imagine yep. it at almost 50 degrees that would be a killer i'd, I'd yeah. be, definitely want to be running the uh, ice block stand yeah well the butcher wars 
that first mate stock was over in the pavilion where you do the pit boss live. So you can imagine guys trying to chop up, you know, half thawed lambs under that big big top there. It was, uh, yeah. But I mean, it was a complete success. Everything was awesome. No regrets. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was my first involvement. With now, did you do the did you do the, the plywood one. wall? Did you do yeah. the plywood wall at that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plywood wall was always a thing. Um, we had some actual styrofoam cutouts of three D meat stock lettering, which obviously, consequently, meant went missing after that one. So. Um, yeah, but that was good fun. Mike and I sort of just took our time on that one. Didn't really know what to do. And that was sort of when I, when, when I learned how to really work the crowd and the sponsors, you know, I ended up walking away with a, a bunch of freebies that weekend. Like got a free pair of boots from paint nut Bluntstone and that sort of thing. And walked away with some Wagyu from Andrew's meats just to, uh, just to put their logo up on the wall. And yeah, that was when we sort of realized, Hey, we can, this could be fun. Yeah, yeah, a few, few little bonus perks here. Right, and um, and uh, I guess there's been, what is it, about 12 meat stocks since, and have you, have you painted murals at all of them? Have you been involved with all of them? I've missed out on two meat stocks. I missed out on the second Melbourne one. I just couldn't get the time off work, and the same with Auckland 2019. I didn't get over there then, same problem, but... Yeah, that that's not a factor anymore. That 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 job that was keeping me from doing what I wanted doesn't exist anymore. So now it's just full time art by size. So yeah. beautiful, man. I know that's a huge uh, leap of faith backing yourself to be able to try and make it work. Uh, having done that myself, for those who don't know me, I'm um, I'm actually did uh, IT for a number of years. And uh, just, I don't know, I built my first barbecue while I was working in IT and just wanted to spend more time barbecuing on it. So it had previously been qualified as a chef and worked in the food industry. So it wasn't a huge leap to uh, uh, go into barbecue. It wasn't like I was starting with no skills, but you definitely have to take that leap of faith. So congratulations on uh, having the uh, courage to do that. Cheers, mate. And it's probably the same with you, you know, like when you're preparing yourself for that leap, if there is such thing as preparation, it can seem daunting. But looking back, you know, you're just like, why didn't, why didn't I do it sooner? You know, it was, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, that's, a, I guess that's a, another conversation for another time. It's something I, I haven't really thought too much about it because once you do make the jump, then, then you're done sort of thing. But there's yep. just so many factors in people's stories. I don't believe in anything like an overnight success. I believe that anything that lasts takes a lot of effort and energy to to, to make it happen. Um, I am thinking about doing like a YouTube course where you basically pay $1,000 for me to tell you all the secrets of how to run a business. And then basically that course would be creating a business on Facebook, selling tickets to them. Um, I don't know if you've seen those memes, but... <laughs> <laughs> the first thousand people to give me a thousand dollars will get my book on uh, how to become a millionaire. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's a bit of a it is a bit of a stretch and it's a bit of a leap of faith and it's not for everyone for sure. Uh, my wife's a great uh, employee. I'd love to have her working for me. Um, she could solve a lot of my problems. But 
But uh, so, in saying that, so um, we're just looking uh, looking behind you in your, in your man cave there. You've got some art on the wall there, but you've also got some aerosols. So has your art journey always been, uh, I mean, did you start with graffiti? Or, I mean, I guess you started scribbling in a notebook, did you? Or how did yeah, um, it's funny. I'm actually in the process of packing up my house and moving, and I found a box that my mum had brought up from Tassie a couple of years ago, basically saying, here's your, here's your crap. And it was full of some of my primary school exercise books. And, you know, in every page where there's not homework done, you know, there's some sort of scribble, some sort of drawing, uh, the backs of all my books. Um, yeah. All, all I ever did was draw. Like, it was my form of recreation and it still is. I mean, I love, you know, if I ever had a bad day in the tattoo shop or whatever, sometimes I just want to come home and just... You know, if I've got a conception in my head or an idea or something and I just put pen to paper, mate, and just go for it. So I find it very therapeutic. It's almost a form of escape. Um, and it's cool, you know, like the fact that you can create something out of your own mind that somebody, you know, like the look on some people's faces when you, you, you pr produce this work for them, it's, it's, you know, it's better than any paycheck, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you've done a little bit of work for me. I, I don't know if we we're the first uh, restaurant that you graffitied up, <laughs> but I um, saw you at Meatstock and just thought, man, how how cool would it be to have that dude? Uh, I didn't even know you at the time. Uh, how cool would it be to have that dude come over and do some artwork for us? So um, when we set up Texas Pete's in Hamilton, we uh, basically just said, hey, if I flew you over to Hamilton, we'd just spend a couple of days just doing whatever you want on the walls. And I, I guess that's how we really got to know each other, isn't it? I think we'd seen Definitely. each other at Meatstock. Yeah, you know, we'd we'd done the old uh, the Meatstock dance a couple of times, and um, yeah, that 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 trip to Hamilton, mate, that that's forever etched in my memory. It's such a great time, you know, getting to know you personally, and you know, I guess sort of feeling welcomed into the Kiwi barbecue side of things. I've always had a good connection with Kiwis. I mean, I lived down in Queenstown for three years when I was younger. That's right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love New Zealand and, um, yeah, can't wait to get back over there, that's for sure. But, yeah. So um, if, if anyone's ever been to Texas Pizza or if you go to Facebook page, you can look at the, like, artwork down there. So I, I can't actually remember that much about it, but can you just recollect for us your experience going into a project like Texas Pizza and just, I mean, how does it work creativity-wise in terms of creating filling that space with your creations and like, is it, is it hard? I mean, what, what, what's the thought process involved with doing a job like that? See, that's sort of one thing I've discovered about myself. Like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a talent where it comes to my artistic ability, but one of my strengths I've found is my creativity and how quickly I can activate that, you know, like I can sort of get to know you feel what you're about and then I then take it upon myself to be like right what can I do that's going to blow this guy away you know like and and it comes off vibing off each other and just you know rolling with the punches and and the fact that you were there at Texas Pete's while I was you know I'd be out the front painting and you'd keep coming out and oh you know loving it yeah and the the beauty of working with aerosol too is how quickly you can progress with it so I mean, you know, I, I, I remember, I think it was the piece behind the counter we did. I had it all marked up and ready to go. And you made me paint back over it because you hadn't set up the GoPro to time-lapse it. 
So That's right. We had, yeah. <laughs> we had to start that one from scratch just so we could document it. But, I mean, you're only talking like five, six minutes just to get back to where we're at. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you can go in with a plan. I mean, sure, there's been jobs that I've done where I have had to have, you know, everything planned out, fully rendered upon presentation because that's that person's personality, you know. Like, say, for example, when I did full throttle, um, Paulie and Mick were the type of guys, you know, they wanted to see everything on paper before it went up, which is, it's fine. And, and it's not normally my style. I mean, sometimes that frustrates me because I've essentially got to do a job twice. But what I learned with that aspect was I was actually going into the job more prepared than normal and things flowed a bit better. So I've sort of adapted a bit of both now where I, if I can be prepared as much as possible, but still have that surprise factor. I mean, it's sort of a, a great combination. It's funny the different styles because, uh, you know, me being me, I, um, I, uh, I'm sure I just said, hey, look, well, let's go get some paint. So I think you just ordered all the paint and it got delivered to me. And I think we just said, look, there's a space, do whatever you like sort of thing. I, think, I mean, we might have talked loosely about it, but. Yeah, oh, I think the uh, only thing set in stone were the spots you wanted painted. Yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan of like not blocking someone's creative talent. Like, yeah, meaning, I, I, I don't go into a job, but you know, I have a loose idea like, hey, I want Texas Pete Bear or hey, I want a pig or. But I don't want to. I mean, it, it kind of defeats. You might as well just download something off the internet if you're going to be ultra specific about what you want oh and yeah and and that's that's quite often sometimes my reply to people requesting work you know if someone has something that a graphic designer has done and they want it to stay on the side of the trailer then i just basically save them the time and muck around saying hey mate you know what you want you've got the images go get it vinyl wrapped you know like yeah. it's yeah it's it's essentially gonna be you know around the same ballpark figure and yeah, I mean, for someone to vinyl wrap a trailer like a food truck, I mean, for me to paint a food truck, something like that, it can be a logistical nightmare. Like, it can take just as long to mask up and prep everything as it does to actually do the painting. So they may as well just go and get get it vinyl wrapped anyway. Um, unless, you know, I've done plenty of trucks and that sort of thing. It's more the ones that people say, hey, I don't really know what I want. This is my business. Go nuts. You know, that, that gets me excited. And, you know, if I'm excited, I do better work. So, And when we're sort of planning Texas Pete's, and I do say planning very loosely, because uh, if anyone knows me, they know that I don't really plan things very well. But I have an idea in my head, and I just let that sort of grow until I'm able to get it over the line, and then I just pull the trigger on it. But I'd spent some time in Melbourne, and not Melbourne, for those who haven't been to Melbourne, Victoria, and Australia, there's a lot of street art and there's a in particular a couple of lanes there that are uh, well well covered and um it's been a few uh days down there and just felt like that was something that I wanted so yeah it just became a matter of finding you and figuring out how to get you to New Zealand to have a go at it so I think we painted uh I mean one one of my favorite pieces in the restaurant is the the annex between the two bathrooms is just painted with Texas Pete in there and 
stuff flying everywhere. And I'm pretty sure I th- I'm pretty sure we were looking at it, and I'm going, "Hey, why don't we put text Pete lassoing something in there?" And then I come back, and it was all done, and it was just like uh, I was just blown away by how rapid you are able to take a concept and actually play it out on in paint. Yeah, well, you know that that also comes down to to using the aerosols. Like a lot of people approach me at meat stock and that sort of thing. And go, oh, you know, like how do you make it look so easy? And it's like, well, it actually is pretty easy. It's quite a forgiving medium in the fact that if you, you now if you cook something or you stuff something up, you just you paint over it. You know, like the technology's in the paint. You know, it's it's fast drying. It's low pressure. I mean, a lot of people spray paint experiences you know, steal on a piece of, you know, a, a can of cheap red paint and trying to write their name or draw some obscenity on a fence or something. And, and it's it's not designed for that, you know. While the stuff I use, it's, 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 I mean, you know, it's 25 years old, the company, and they are specifically dedicated to graffiti-style paint. So the technology is there. And, I mean, when you break it down, it's cheaper than going to Bunnings and buying paint too, so... Yeah, now yeah. just a shout out to that company because I, I, you know, while you were painting Texas Pete's, I couldn't help the resist the temptation to have a go, and we won't go into details about that. What's <laughs> under the walls of Texas Pete's? But I, I couldn't believe the precision and the, just the way the paint flowed from the cans in terms of the different nozzles. Uh, you have really fine nozzles, really wide nozzles, and and just and I was blown away by how how it just flowed out of there, just like it wanted to go on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, uh, crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you've got color charts of you know 250 different colors that you can choose from. So, you know, you're only really limited by your imagination, and it's like anything. I mean, it's like barbecue; you only get better at it by doing it. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's, is it Iron Park or Iron Arc or something like that? Uh, the particular paint I use at Meatstock and at Texas Pete's is an Aussie company called Iron Lack. Iron Lack, that's it. Yeah, yeah but I mean. They're all good, you know. Montana is my chosen brand of paint because the pigment lasts a bit longer and it's actually a matte finish. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to paint something where there could be potential glare from the lighting and that, the matte finish will actually cut that glare out. Um, and, I mean, it all depends on what shop you go to. A lot of the paints are from Europe. Uh, massive graffiti culture and always has been over there, so... Yeah, Montana's actually developed in Barcelona. So, yeah, that's one of the sort of more artistic, creative hubs of the world. So they sort of know what they're onto over there. So, yeah. So you come to Meatstock and you do a few murals for the Meatstock thing, which I've talked to you a few times about that, and you're you're very fluid about when you create those. And from what I understand, you said, look, man, I could knock this thing out in a few hours, but you actually do draw it out over the two days. Is that right? Drag it out, should I say? Yeah, um, when it comes to meat stocks mural, the idea of it is is to have that engagement with the crowd. You know, like some day, like most meat stocks now, I'll get there so that there is something happening by the time those gates open. So I usually paint up the logo and have something happening. But I mean, as you'd know, at meat stock, first day just before the gates are opening, you know, there's literally thousands of people champing at the bit to get through those gates and you know they all come down we put the wall right at the entrance every time so they're always coming past and i mean it's cool you know like it's everyone sort of stops and takes a photo and 
the people that come to Meatstock regularly know the gist of it now. So they, they come and take a photo of the wall at the start of the day and then they get one as they leave at the end of the day where the artwork's actually evolved into, um, yeah, into what it becomes. And there's been a few occasions too where there's sort of been bidding wars at the end of each of event for who actually takes the mural home. So, yeah, that's always been... Well, shout out to Glenn because I know you've got one at the uh, the Wolfpack, home of the Wolfpack, the uh, the butcher stores down there in Melbourne. I know you've got one out the back there somewhere. If you're ever down in Victoria and you go to Cha-Cha-Cha, you can actually go out the back and see the meat stock mural around the back of the garden there, beer garden or whatever it is he's got back there, which is yep. cool. Um, heat, be- heat beads were the first ones. They they, cool. they grabbed one and put, put one, shout out to heat beads. They put one yeah, up nice. in their warehouse and um, Six String, who used to sponsor the beer, they put one up in their restaurant, Sounds on West. So, awesome. yeah, that's pretty cool. So who was the first um, sort of outside of the meat stock mural? Who was sort of the first barbecue team, business, brand, whatever, to engage you to actually do something off the back of meat stock? Because it certainly um, wasn't me. I know I know we were probably, I don't know, we, 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 we were the first pure barbecue restaurant, were we, or not even? Yeah, you guys were probably the first dedicated barbecue restaurant that I sort of went and painted in there um i'm sort of thinking back um 2017 when barbecue mafia won pork quarry comp i'd gotten to know ryan really well i didn't know the other guys too well but that weekend they came and cleaned up um won their ticket to the royal and all that sort of thing but on the back of that i wasn't asked to do anything for them but i had an idea and I drew that up for them, which I now have right yeah, here. You just but, happened to have it ready. Yeah. But this one here, it's since been coloured. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a bit of a play on the Simpsons. I remember that uh, the Simpsons yeah. similar. And... So I've sort of uh, drawn Fat Tony in there with Spider Pig and the rest of the goons, you know, to represent the four guys on the teams. Bit of barbecue armor in there and that sort of thing. Um, I guess that was sort of one of my bigger one but if, if if we want to rewind back all the way to that first ever port macquarie blues and barbecues festival i think it was 2015 um i was actually meant to be in a team of that first ever barbecue comp um had a few meetings i named the team the team's name was the pork swords mm-hmm. um We'd had a few few meetings and that, and it was it was my best mate who's also a Kiwi that lives over here. Um, I can see that. Yeah, he was right into it. He'd seen the show. He got a bunch of us together. We had a couple of chefs on board, and our oh. team meetings basically were just, you know, eating shitty barbecue and drinking too much beer. And another guy that was on my team was my boss in the cafe I was working at. And I, I remember I approached him one day and I said, look, mate, I don't have the heart to tell Chris so this, but I'm really not into this barbecue thing like the rest of is. Like, I feel that my spot on the team could be better used to someone else. And my boss looked at me and said, oh, you won't believe it, but my, my best mate who's a chef is hounding me to get on this team. So we gave him the spot and... Um, 
I remember going to the festival and watching them cook. Uh, and when it came to their brisket, I mean, that, they didn't even have a smoker. They had a 44-gallon drum cut in half with some grills on it. Um, they might have had a kettle. But I remember watching them trying to inject this brisket with hot coffee. Um, I'm pretty sure they seared it like you would like a big eye fillet. And then they, uh, then they put it in the smoker. I don't think they handed anything in that comp, but they had the most fun. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm intrigued that I'd, I'd, I'd have to say I've eaten a lot of barbecue. I don't really eat comp barbecue a lot these days, but I would like to try that brisket just to see how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so that was I, – I don't I, – Drew up the T-shirt for that team, actually. And my mate, Black Dog Inc., who does all my printing, he keeps the test print of everything he's ever done and he's got them tiled, mounted all over his ceiling, all over his walls. Awesome. And the pork, the pork swords are still up there. And I sort of look at that and, and think, wow, you know, like it, it's been a journey. And, um, yeah. And then I think yeah. the next... I think the main one that sort of got me really experimenting with barbecue was a hot sauce company here in Australia called the Chili Effect. Um, they'd seen my work in the Burger Rebellion, a local burger shop here in Port where I'd done a lot of graffiti on the walls and that, and they actually had their sauce produced here in Port. Um, so, yeah, that was Black Dog and I. That was the first colour sort of barbecue-related shirt we've done. And that, that to this day, is still one of my favourite designs. You know, that was a super fun one. Um, now, you do all the shirts. Speaking of shirts, you do all the shirts for Meat Stop. Did, in the first Meat Stop, the one back with the 48-degree temperature, was there a Meat Stop special edition shirt? Yes, there was. Um, wow. I remember I spent... I locked myself away Australia Day three weeks before meat stock, all my mates were out drinking, listening to the hottest 100, whatever. And I locked myself away and spent the day drawing that design, getting it to Jay. Cause he basically said, look, if you can come up with a design in the next couple of days, we'll, we'll run it as a t-shirt. And um, yeah, we got that happening. And that, that was the meat stock where, you know, we, we didn't expect what was going to happen. You know, we knew there'd been a heap of tickets sold. We didn't know what sort of a, you know, response we were going to get. So my mate Black Dog decided he was going to screen print to order these limited edition shirts. And within the first hours of the gates being opened, I think he had 300 shirts backlogged. So Yeah, right. Yeah. It's still a popular shirt today. I just love the um, creativity. Uh, I, I, just looking at that Simpsons one, you just did it. And uh, I know the concept art you did for Texas Pete's with uh, particularly the one with, Right, I must have messaged you and said, what would it look like with Texas Pete riding an octopid? And uh, I'd sent you a picture of uh, Dan uh, riding. Yeah, he was sort of doing that on his one and sent you that and said, what would that look like? And you, you'd done that. And that's the mural that's behind the counter and at our store. Uh, I know you drew, and I've got just up behind me um, in the other room, I've got, a, got the original artwork that you did by hand and everything. And um, when you're over in... Auckland recently uh, for Auckland Meatstock, you were showing me your new tablet and some of the artwork on that and just the process. Uh, I mean, I just think you're, I mean, there's been quite a transformation, wouldn't you say, in terms of the way that you're now creating content? Definitely. Um, 
I mean, I've got another design here. It was actually my, this is for the old, uh, the old meat fingers here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so and, yep, um, that, I don't know if you can see, but that's that's drawn with Posca pen, which is a uh, it's a paint pen. Um, so I'd go through first, I'd sketch it out with pencil, then I'd go through and I'd hard line it with the black, and then what I'd have to do to sort of make make the edges a little bit harder, I'd then have to go back through with a white pen and sort of cut back the edges and and you know put highlights and details and all that sort of thing in there which was super fun, but editing was an absolute nightmare, you know. Um, if you made a first, mistake, would you have to go back and start again or did you wait it out? Oh, or? mate, there were plenty of times where, you know, the art got torn up, thrown in the fire pit and, you know, forgotten about for a few days and that sort of thing. Um, you know, a lot of guys bouncing back and forth on email, wanting the most you know, pedantic, meticulous changes made. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's what they want. So getting the iPad now was just the fact that I could sort of edit so quickly, you know, creating layers and, and just using proper tools and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's made so, so just sorry to interrupt you, but just on the old days using paper, are you saying you would have to do revision after revision, redrawing the same thing? Some jobs, definitely. Yeah, oh, 2% must have been a pain. Yeah, it kind of got a little bit obnoxious there too on my behalf to some guys I didn't know too well. Because, um, I mean, I was getting inquiries from guys I'd never met. They'd seen my stuff from meat stock and that sort of thing. And, you know, like I didn't really have a feel or, or you know, like what, what they were sort of wanting and that sort of thing. And I'd had a few jobs where I was super pumped on a piece and I'd send it through and they'd be like, oh, we don't like I don't it. mean to be rude, mate, but I hate it. And, yeah, that's got to be me at first. It's just like, ah, you know, quite frustrating. But then at the same time, it was like, well, you know, this is their brand. Um, I guess I should, should sort of do my homework a bit more. Yeah, but um, well, with the iPad now, I mean, I've seen you. You can just sort of save as you go, or however it works, and. Uh... You know, hey, can you change the time on his watch? And boom, 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 it's finished, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and oh, it's, just been, it's just been great. And it sort of makes it a little bit more professional from my point of view because, you know, I was sort of replying to people's emails saying, look, mate, I'm happy to take your job on, but what you've got to realise is the way I work is, you know, like you've got, you're sort of limited to the brief you give me and when I'm done, you get what you get. You know, so yeah. I mean, I was going through a table. I think you might have even tried that one on me, which I, I was like happy to take whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that there's yeah. any piece of work I you've mean, ever given me. Yeah, at I was all, you know, going through a tattoo apprenticeship at the time, and I was, you know, under a fair bit of pressure and stress at work. Yeah, well, I was just gonna, I was just thinking out loud. I don't think that you've, I mean, you've done a, quite a bit of content for me, if like you think about it, and. uh I don't think I've ever come back to you and said, I don't want that or this. I just, you know, it is what it is. Just, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not like your biggest fan, so it's easy to I like whatever you do. It, it, it's only minor changes from someone like you, you know, like changing a whole half of a design from I survived COVID to I survived lockdown, you know. Just, just little edits. Okay, well, that wasn't actually... Because I'm... Uh, look, to give you guys at home the backstory for that, we, we, we did the original 
I survived uh, COVID-19. I contacted Cy, and at the time, Smoke on the Coast was looking like it was going to be canned. And um, uh, I just felt bad because I know the cost that it goes in up front to a comp. So I was thinking, you know, and we had been chatting, and I was thinking, I wonder if Cy would be up to do a T-shirt that we could actually sell to try and help out with some of the comp costs coming up because a lot of comps are going to have to be moved. Some sponsors aren't going to be able to sponsor. So even if we got like, you know, hell, even if we had a thousand dollars to help towards some of that, then, you know, we can get, help the promoters out. And I wasn't really even thinking about barbecue mania because we haven't um, announced that yet. So it was more for like smoke on the coast and there was going to be one down in uh, new Plymouth. So I was more, more worried about those. Um, but anyway, so you loved the idea, fell in love with it, and I just said, look, it would be funny if we had this, this, and I just rattled off a bunch of stuff. Uh, and you and I have similar brand preferences um, in terms of some of the people we work with, and some of our relationships have, have spilled into each other's uh, work life, meaning some of the people I work with, you now work with, and some of the people you work with have been, and so on and so forth. And so I was like, hey, if we could do this, we could do that. And anyway, for those who have bought the COVID-19 shirt, it's um, all art by Cy. And, you know, he just killed it on that. But it originally said, I survived COVID-19. And then one of the brands involved with it, and I don't want to go into detail about who said that they would prefer if it was I survived lockdown because there are obviously some people who have not survived COVID-19 as an illness, whereas everyone more or less survived lockdown. So they didn't want to, you know, and it's a very PC world and I don't really give a, give a flying hoot about any of that, but uh, that's something that they asked us to change and uh, having respect for them, I, I suggested to say, hey, do you reckon we could change it to I, I, I um, survived lockdown? So that's how it became that. And, um, yeah, I mean, we were, we were lucky that COVID and lockdown both have an O as a second letter. So the mountain yeah. bike, the famous mountain bike wheel from David Clark is, um, has survived. Uh, that was important to me. <laughs> Anyone yeah, who that, that, that was one of the major why. Easter eggs there. And, uh, and so you did that and, you know, just freaking fired it back. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't honestly know how long it would have taken you from, from the rate at which I've seen you work, which would have been five or ten minutes, but it could have taken all day. I don't know. I guess I'm saying I appreciate you doing that, but uh, shout out to everyone who's bought one of those shirts. It means a lot to, to both me and Cy, and it, um, it means a lot to the guys competing. It just means that we can have that little bit of cash. We don't make a lot off the shirts. And uh, everyone who got involved with it did it out of their own free will and choice and no sort of hope for any kind of financial remuneration. Uh, the Smoking Beards guys uh, put the sales channel together. That cost money to do, but they, they did that at cost. And our mates at the Creative Alliance um, who, uh, who are doing the printing, they, they are doing it uh, for a really, like, a, I would say, a pretty much a cost price. So... We're uh, really blessed to have those kind of networks in the barbecue community, but we wouldn't actually have anything to print if it wasn't for Sai. So shout out to Sai. I'm just looking. Uh, I'm looking behind you there, and I see you've got one of Adam's pieces up on the wall there, the Metal Monkey Engineering uh, Smoking Jack. Now, was that done in the new format or the old format? Because that's probably one of your. Oh, that's no, a very that, creative piece. That's old school. That one. Um, I met AJ at one of the very first ever Blues and Barbecues. 
Uh, the thing that attracted my attention was he used to make these custom dragster bikes, just old push bikes with the big ape hangers and all that. And, you know, he had a heap of free stickers and all that sort of thing. And, you know, went up and started talking to this guy with, you know, tattoos and punk Tets, rock yeah. shirt on. And, it was a cool you know, we, we, it was a stepbrothers moment, you know. It was like, yeah. oh, did, we just, did we just become best friends? Yeah, or? I mean, you guys are like the splitting image of each other now that I think about it. Both tattooed head to toe and both the big beard and the stretches and, and just into that retro thing that you guys are into. <laughs> yeah, just sort of into all that sort of lowbrow custom sort of stuff and, yeah um so yeah it i mean our relationship just over the years just was just from running into each other at festivals and that sort of thing and he showed up one day and he, he really wanted wanted some artwork done but you know all his money was tied up in his business so i sort of said look man like i'd i actually do a lot of my artwork on the side more so i i prefer to barter um rather than sort of invoice and all that sort of thing and yeah, so we got talking at one meat stock and he's like, look, if you're happy to do the design for me, I'll build you a smoker at cost price. You'll just have to pay for the material. So I ended up getting a, uh, a smoking Jack Jr., um, which is a solid bit of gear. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so for, for, those who, for those who don't know Adam or AJ, um, he runs a – well, he's a fabricator um, – I don't know what he'd call himself. He's a metal worker. He's a fabricator. And he, yeah, um, it's, he's still metal monkey engineering. So yeah. He's so he's an engineer. Right. Yeah. But he runs like a home workshop, but he, um, for, for those who follow him, I think Instagram's where I follow him, which is just under metal monkey engineering and I, I you know, building octo pits and whatnot. I've come across a lot of these types of people and I can tell you right now that, uh, Adam has, has to be, one of the best fabricators that I've um, ever come across. Um, they've got them like doing handrails and crap, like structural engineering sites, staircases and whatnot. That uh, is a good use of his time, but very low value add. And I just feel like, man, this guy is such an amazing engineer. Uh, like you said, the bikes. And he, he was making a pit called, it was, a, it was a, basically a, like a Pro-Q cabinet style barbecue fully insulated, made from, I believe, three mil sheet metal. I spent a, spent a couple of hours talking to him about them because we were both launching a barbecue brand at the time. And he calls it the Smoking Jack after his son. Um, his son's name's Jack. And uh, it's a it's a fuel in the bottom, meat in the top type cabinet. Very small footprint, very, very well made. And, you know, being made out of Australian steel and stuff, it was really cheap for what it was. So I can't, can't remember what they traded for. But the, the cool thing was because they were insulated cabinets, he could sort of paint them up in any colour and you could buy like a yellow and purple one or a green, you know, whatever it was. And I'm just looking at that artwork behind you and it's like a good reflection of the barbecue it has. Uh, like he's got the lime green one. It looks like on my camera. Um, and that was kind of like the colour range that he had. So I guess you got one of those, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I got myself just a, uh, a little junior. It's sort of, um, I mean, it's got four racks in it. Four, yeah. you, you could cook four four big briskets in it, no dramas at all. Um, yeah. The beauty of it is down the bottom in the firebox. You know, it's got the uh, the welded snake in it. Yeah. So you can actually just dump your beads or your, you know, whatever you want in there. And then, I mean, 
if you set it right and you know sort of what you're doing, it's it's almost set and forget, you know. Yeah, it you've is. got your water pan yeah. if you want to run it low and slow or, you know, like a good trick that I got told was um, actually replace, the, put the water pan in there but put, put sand in there. And what sand will do is it'll actually just keep a consistent temperature in there. And, um, yeah, my, my main appeal to it was the fact that you can sit this thing on your wooden deck and yeah. because it's double insulated, I mean, you can lean against it while you're cooking on it. So you got kids running around, um, you know, dry leaves lying around. It's not going to, I mean, it's not red hot to touch, which is good. And they're a good looking solid unit, yeah. built really well. Um, Full and, range of colours. I mean, you can have like a green cabinet with orange wheels and handles. Like it's like fully customizable. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they're rare now. He's he's finished making them. There's, there's you know what? Yeah, if we if we get enough people liking and following and subscribing on, you know, pre, press record with J Jared McDonald, uh, you know, he might just do another run of them. I know he still has all the CAD. He hasn't sold the business or anything. Uh, the, yeah. The designs. So he's you know, I mean, you get enough demand for anything and get him to make them. But I think he has. Well, that's it. That's that's what he'd need. He'd, he'd have to have a bunch of orders lined up. Yeah. And before he sort of stopped making them, that's what he did. He he took orders at the the last Blues and Barbecues Festival we had, which is when I took took delivery of my smoker. And um, yeah, he got quite a good response out of it. Yeah, no, they are amazing uh, cookers. I um, regrettably didn't get one. I, you know, I looked at it long and hard, and I wanted to, but I, at the time, I didn't really have a need for another barbecue. I mean, I owned over a dozen barbecues on any given day is probably $50,000 in barbecues, you know? Uh, so I didn't really need uh, another pit. I don't do a lot of cooking at home, so I couldn't really justify uh, owning one, but I just wanted to own one just to support his business and cause I like the look of them. But I, yeah. I, I think even if I had a bought one, I still wouldn't, I would I'll almost never cook on it. So I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of am glad that I don't own one because uh, there's nothing worse than owning something like that and not using it. But I also miss the concept that I don't own one because it's such a cool barbecue. So it's a yeah. double-edged sword, but uh, I'll get them to make me one at some point. You know, you just throw money at a man and they'll get into bed sort of thing. So uh, I, I did look at bringing four, like he can put four of them on a pallet. We did look at importing them and we looked even looked at reciprocal manufacturing rights. He was going to make the octopod in Australia and I was going to make the cabinet. Problem is, is that the, the materials cost between New Zealand and Australia is massively different. Uh, like he does all his TIG welded, uh, uh, argon's cheap in Australia and, you know, just TIG weld the whole thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, whereas we make everything um, and, and materials steel costs cheaper in Australia. So you actually get a really well-made pit for what you're paying in Australia. Um, we couldn't, I definitely couldn't we couldn't manufacture it for the price that he's even, you know, it would be uh, not even close, but uh, so shout out to all those guys who bought one of Adam's pits. They're brilliant pits. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I haven't seen a lot of them come up for sale. So I think they're uh, well loved by their owners. Yeah. Um, he's got his own. I mean, we've got a smoking Jack page on Facebook and I think I've been part it. of that group. Yeah, I've been part of that group for maybe three years and I think I've seen two for sale. Yeah, I actually saw a funny one the other day where someone had actually stolen one and it got recovered pretty quick because, yeah. I mean, 
you're going to need a small army to steal one of those buggers. They're heavy, uh, but they are, I mean, they're so recognisable and, you know, you can't, so it's like an octopit. You, you're not going to, oh, I made it at home off drawings. It's just like, no, that's, that didn't happen, right? There's yeah. too complicated, too many parts. So have you been doing a lot of barbecuing? Yeah, um, I'm sort of in the boat of what you just said before about owning a smoking jack and not really using to its full potential. I mean, I've had it for nearly two years and probably only cooked on it, oh, I'd say, 15 times. I mean, I've got a Weber kettle, which I do. I mean, I cook on the kettle five nights a week. Um, Sheesh, a lot of barbecue going down in your household. Yeah, but I mean, it's not all low and slow. You know, I've got the grill gates. I've got the uh, the solid kinetics ring with uh, the wok attachment. So, I mean, my my kettle also doubles as a deep fryer at times, you know, like we got lots I don't of understand. Like, I don't understand the advantage of cooking on a wok on a barbecue. Like the whole idea is to infuse whatever you're cooking with flavor from the fuel. It seems yeah, but also to me like too, at that point you're just solid fuel heat source. Yeah, well, I mean, as you know, charcoal is a bit more efficient and hotter than gas. So if you want to cook something super hot with that wok, it's yeah. You got me there. Yeah, um, I've got the vortex as well, so I do a lot of fried, not fried, which is always popular with the misses. Okay, um, I'm I'm a kettle cone guy myself, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, it's 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 all good. I mean, you got a J A. Do you have the J G deflector plate on the um, on the Weber? No, I've just got a uh, aluminium foil, mate. I've I've seen you how you turn your alfoil foil into a deflector in the drum, mate. Have, and I, uh, have you? Yeah, have yeah, too. Yeah. No, so I got that off Brad and Tim did their hot and fast class on the drum, and that's all they use, and it works well. And you know. When it's all dirty and caked and crap, you just pull it out and throw it away and put a new one in. You know, it's, yeah, it actually is really good. I will tell you though, I went to cook in my drum the other day. I cooked burgers and they're fatty ass because I like a real fatty burger. And I'd rendered all the fat out of the patties, which had dripped onto the foil, and you, you you create a dome on the gateway. And what happens is, as it drips, it runs down off the dome into into outside of the firebox area. It's got like a ring to separate. It. So anyway, they um, and you know, obviously they're pretty fatty burgers. But I went to cook in the gateway the other day, and a bit of charcoal lands outside the ring, catches the grease on fire, the whole freaking thing's lit up, paints peeling off, and man, that gateway has <laughs> been looked after very well by me. So, uh, so always keep a clean barbecue. That's yeah, that's critical, critical definitely. So, uh, you you know, how many how many pieces of art have you done for uh, barbecue teams now? I mean, it must be twenty or thirty. I mean, oh, it's so more than that. I mean, I think I've done fifteen for meat stock. Um, for well, how many barbecue teams have you as their artist for their shirts or whatever? I mean, in New Zealand, we've got uh, FarQ, we've got. Um, Meat Fingers, we've got, I mean, there's a bun- bunch of guys who have... Texas Pete's, Blue Ox Babe. Um, yeah. Geez, I can't, I can't think now that I... Uh, I've been doing a bit with, uh, with, with Steph the Maori. There's some Steph fun Maori, stuff yeah. coming up with him. I have um, seen that and uh, go over and head over and check out Steph the Maori's page because he's going to be dropping a pretty awesome, what I think is an awesome piece of artwork and uh, done by Sai. It's, it's really cool. 
yeah, that, 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 that was another relationship forged at Meatstock, you know. Met him, he was cooking with the Ahikar guys and, yeah, he, he, he basically just runs a bit of a bogan food channel, but it's hilarious, you know. It's, yeah. I was watching it the other day and I was cracking up. My wife's like, what are you watching? And I was just in hysterics. He's a unique, very unique channel. Yeah, but i um, been doing some stuff for the guys in the States. Um, uh, yeah, which, but, oh. which guys in the states like barbecue teams? Yeah, so I did one for a guy called uh, Twisted G. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that no, one's dropped yet. <laughs> no, no, I think that team broke up. So, yeah, um, there's a no, bit of an inside been... joke. One of my buddies over in Texas wants to start his own uh, barbecue team, and uh, he was like, "Oh, I want to do." Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the name Twisted G, and I was like, bro, it sounds like a twisted up G string or something. I don't know that that's the right name. Anyway, Cy does a piece of art. I think you're privy to the conversation. Anyway, next minute on my feed comes up a, uh, on, my, on our group chat, comes up a picture of a pole stripper with the Twisted G, and uh, it's something not, it's R rated. It's not, not for the. Basic, not basically, basically just summed up my week I had with you guys in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. We might, you never know. We might, we might put that up somewhere one day. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 not for the public eyes just yet. Yeah. yeah. One one thing I have noticed with the iPad is uh, you're able to put a huge amount more detail into your drawings. I mean, some of the more recent stuff that I've been seeing coming off your tablet just has a vast quantity of hidden messaging and Easter eggs and detail that has previously not been able to be achieved. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it comes down to, you know, the, the ability of, um, of editing, you know, once the, once the piece is almost finished, like say, for example, if you were drawing on paper, it's kind of hard to sort of go back through and, and add something if that section of the piece is already completed, you know, like I used to do it and it used to involve like drawing something on a piece of paper, then cutting that out and then gluing it onto the piece. So yeah. And I mean, it was just getting the iPad was just eliminating one of the many steps from getting my work from the paper to the shirt, you know, because what I had to do was once I'd take, once I do, you know, the black and white drawing, I'd then have to go on high resolution, scan it, turn it into a high res PDF, send it to my mate who'd then have to vectorize it. And, you know, it was just removing, removing a step. Like there were, there were days where I'd have to go down to the library or whatever. And I'd have like a manila envelope of maybe six designs that I had to get scanned in to get to black dog. So while now it's literally just, send it to just them. yeah just just send it but um yeah now nowadays also too you know like you can be take take for example two smoking arabs that was actually the first ever design i did on the ipad shout out to um, raf down there at two smoking arabs shout out to raf um and you know basically what i'd done is you know for me at the time it was it was a little bit daunting because I didn't know Raf that well. You know, Raf is, you know, he's, he's a practicing Muslim, a very passionate man. And I, I, I you know, I didn't want to do 
something that was potentially going to offend him. You didn't him. want to whip his, his, you didn't want his wife to come up there and whip your ass. Yeah, more so, I didn't want Sarah to to uh, to get hold of me. My main thing, but you know, like Raf appeals to a completely different demographic. You know, Raf is the only halal barbecue in the country. You know, he sets his food truck up in Bankstown outside mosques and that's that sort of thing. So, you know, you got to remember, like, Raf's constantly on to me, like, ah, you put a you put a pig on the meat stock shirt. You know, I can't wear that. You know, because obvious obvious reasons and that sort of thing. But I mean, Raf's Raf's great. You know, I love him. And when we sort of came up with the design, I went along the lines of, you know, basing it around Aladdin. You know, with Arabian Nights, that sort of thing. So I turned Raf into the big, the big genie, you know, because if you've ever met Raf, he is larger than life. He's got the biggest heart in barbecue and um, turned Princess Jasmine into his wife, Sarah, because they were a husband and wife team. So this design was sent, it was done, it was put to bed, it was sent to Black Dog and then Raf rings me and he's like, mate, I need you to edit the design because a lot of pe- a lot of my people are offended by the genie. You know, genies in our belief bring bad luck, and it's basically their version of the devil, sort of thing. So, I yeah. mean, at, that wasn't hard. All I did was put legs on them, you know, and they didn't look like genies anymore. So, so that was cool. But you know, something like that, if it wasn't done on the iPad with the ability to edit, um, complete redraw. Yeah, and and since then, you know, like Raf's picked up a couple of sponsors, so I've being able to go back to that artwork and edit it, you know, like add a hot sauce bottle or something like that. And, you know, the next range of merch now keeps the sponsors happy because, you know, as you know, and it keeps getting touched on, on in this series is, is, is the cost of, you know, competitive and vending barbecue, you know, that the sponsors really help you out. So they're the ones you've sometimes got to keep happy. And well, yeah. they're part of the community, aren't they? And we, talked about it going back to meat stock is that how how would meat stock be if we took all the commercial interests out of it it'd be it'd be a hundred guys standing around drinking beers you know what i mean it's like uh one of the things that makes meat stock great is that there are commercial interests that bring value to the event and i just think about sydney last year when they they were cooking a whole water buffalo was that last year or the year before they were cooking a whole water buffalo. I mean, uh, imagine the amount of cost and uh, just thought planning to be able to put something like that in play and to make the event better is, you know, it's only viable if you've got a commercial interest behind it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's what the vendors bring, you know, like Meatstock Sydney last year, you know, you were lucky enough to have the guys from Butcher's Axe didn't even compete. They were doing displays That's all right. weekend for heat yeah. seeds. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and the thing, the thing that I love about the Butcher's Axe guys is, you know, they're kicking ass. They're cooking on finettos and drums, you know, like they are literally basically showing everyone that you can achieve these sort of cooks in your backyard, you know, like, and yeah. yeah. Touching on what Brendan said too, you know, you go back to that, you know, they started off with all the year, and now they're, they're simplifying. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, not everyone, I mean, bar- barbecue is something that everyone can get into and enjoy, but not everyone can afford the big fancy cookers and that sort of thing. And I think having the gateways come into Australia has been such a great thing too, because a lot, a lot of, a lot of guys and, and over your way too, you know, like we're, we're a DIY culture, 
So if you, you know, I mean, 44-gallon drums, are, you know, you fall over them. In, you know, you go to the tip, there's always going to be a 44. So, yeah, yeah. sure. It's, yeah. Uh, it is good. It's good. I mean, there's some, like you said, um, there's something for everyone. I mean, I, I always take a, uh, I, I think if you're passionate about something enough, you'll always find an expensive way to show that. So I, yeah. I cooked on a jam bar recently and they were a beautiful barbecue and just the presentation of them stunning. They always garner a lot of uh, interest from the public. So they, I mean, they have their place, but I mean, they're a, and they're like a, I want to say they're like an, like an eight or $9,000 US cooker, you know? Yeah. Not, not everyone can afford them and I'm not trying to make it sound like they're not worth it, but. They definitely are, but I know one of Jamie's pits that I've cooked on is his original one that I cooked on with him and um, his team last last year. Bro, the thing's worth twenty grand, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, at Memphis in May we cook on a double jambo. It's thirty thousand dollar barbecue, you know. You wish. Wow. So, uh, and it's not for everyone. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm uh, from the Michael Jordan of barbecuers, you want to be cooking on the flashiest Nikes you can get on your feet, but are they any better than a barter bullet? I don't know. I guess they are a little bit, but sometimes we look too much at the appliance and not enough at the actual what's happening inside it. But in saying that, I um, I do like cooking on my gateway. Uh, yeah. And there's, yeah, you, there's, you, there's some extra benefit to cooking on these more well thought out barbecues and. I guess what I'd rather cook on a ninety-nine dollar uh, uh, vertical cooker or a metal monkey smoking jack. Uh, I, mean, I think I'd rather have the smoking jack, but yeah, they both and, cook the and, same barbecue. And I mean, you know, you and I are similar in the fact that we, you know, we we've got a lot of friends in barbecue and that, and you you want to look after your mates, you know. Like if if AJ's making barbecues, I'd rather go buy it off him, even if I can get a ProQ stretch, you know, like. If, if yeah. they were the same price or even if the metal monkey was a little bit more expensive, I'd still rather spend that money to make sure that like, nothing against ProQ by any means. But, you know, you want to see your mates, you know, do well. And I mean, you, know. you, would, you, would, you would like to think you will, but some, there's some people who are like, oh, I don't want to buy it because old mate's selling it. So oh, exactly. each their own. Yeah. Each their there's, own. That, there's that sort of side of it too. So Each yeah. their own. I don't, uh, you know, it is what it is and I don't... Uh, Look, I mean, your product should have some merit. So, I mean, like I said, the Jambo is a beautiful barbecue, and I can definitely I can confirm that it cooks beautiful barbecue and has a beautiful way that the heat just rolls through it. Uh, but you know, is it better than a Gateway? I don't know. Uh, I know people who went on both, so I, I don't think it's appliance helps, but it complements what the person's already doing. Oh, exactly. So, uh, so look. Um, so what are your plans in terms of uh, barbecuing and artwork uh, or the overlap there? Have you got any immediate plans? I mean, you did mention you've got a big list of names in front of you that you're awaiting for barbecue. I, I heard there's some rubs with your artwork coming out maybe in the future or is that, is that true? Yeah. So um, a mutual contact of ours that you actually played a big part in helping me get involved with um, Steve who runs Fanetto. Uh, really out of ear this though? To come up with. <laughs> Should we be earing this? What's right that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to get myself yeah. in trouble here. Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's a company that is sold out of Bunnings called Blue Smoke, which is uh, Bunnings' only range of food items, which is sold in the barbecue aisle. They've got a couple of rubs and a couple of sauces. Um, and basically they're going through a complete rebrand and I was contacted to come and help with the labels. So I've been spending the last couple of weeks redesigning. So I've come up with labels for three sources and five rubs. So there'll be eight, eight different products uh, available Australia and New Zealand through Bunnings. So I think it's going to be up there with one of the most highly produced barbecue range coming out of Australia. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, well, you only need to get a carton of each product into Bunnings and you've probably already sold more. I mean, there's so many Bunnings stores. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a little feather in the hat for sure for the portfolio. But, I mean, it was really fun. I mean, I've got heaps of work on at the moment where I can sort of be a bit selective of what I want to work on. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I sort of figured out what was going down, what was involved, I was... You know, super keen. It's funny because when I was talking to Steve about the project, um, I mean, it just it just reeked of Simon Luxton. You know, like I was just like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want it to. I mean, it was so obvious to me that like this, that you need to do this. So, I'm I'm glad you guys got to produce it because I have seen the uh, products um, that you've done, uh, and bro, <laughs> you killed it. It's such a good range. Uh, the branding alone's awesome. Uh, I have tried a few of the rubs, and uh, they've got uh, a combination of some classic flavors in there on some of them, and they've got a they've got some exciting flavors uh, on a couple of them. I um, did a little bit of work with Bunnings in terms of helping them to learn about some of the products that they have in their barbecue aisle, and uh, got to try some of those rubs last year. And man, I was I mean, I don't know that I'm going to be putting them on my competition product. Maybe I will. But uh, I definitely, it's a product I'd use at home. And being at Bunnings, it's going to have a pretty reasonable price point. So, Yeah, and also the fact that it's availability and I guess it's consistency is going to be there, you know. Like, everyone goes to Bunnings, you know. Yeah. Like, you've got to grab something. I mean, every time I go to Bunnings, I'll... I'll I'll duck down the barbecue aisle, you know. I might, I might need butane or, you know, I might need a new... Whatever. You know... Whatever. I'm there, I'm there yeah. every week, like every, yeah. yeah, I'm there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Jumbuck, so in fact, Jumbuck foil pans are currently on special at Bunnings. Now I don't yeah. have any affiliation with Bunnings or Jumbuck for that, uh, for that point. It's a complete Bunnings brand, nothing to do with me, but uh, 50 cents a tray for a half pan is hard to look past. So you can buy them in packs of, I believe 20 pans for 10 bucks and they've got them down in their barbecue aisle, you'd be a fool not to whip down there tomorrow once we get out of level three into level two and grab a pack of those pans. I've, I've seen them there last time I was there, and I bought, I think, before lockdown, I bought two packs, so 40 pans, and I've got five or so left. I mean, they're just so handy for everything. So get, get your ass down to Bunnings and get yourself some Jumbuck pans, but also grab yourself some blues blue smoke rub uh yeah but the, the the new stuff's aiming to be rolled out around father's day so right cool yeah we might even see uh some of it over in new zealand hopefully from what i hear yeah we're hoping so but I uh deliver it myself 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. You can always come over for a Benny. Um, now, who's your most – so you've done some Steph the Maori stuff uh, recently. Have you got any other team stuff that you've done or are working on currently? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got uh, Blaze and Glaze. Blaze and Glaze are coming up. Um, what do we got? We got now, what's, remind me who the Blaze oh, – that's – yeah, okay. Yeah, so Blaze and Glaze. That's uh, that's in New Zealand. Things. I was like, I don't know who the Australian Blaze and Grace are. Yeah, no. And no, it's no. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, like that's a uh, um, what are they? A bird? They're um, a uh, vendor, a food vendor. Yeah, um, got some fun ideas for uh, another far Q. Um, nice. Love those guys. Love Shani and Richard and, and um. And Shout the out to Shani and Richard. Shout out to far Q. Um. Yeah, Cypress, their daughter, she's actually uh, my my little apprentice. So, nice. yeah, I've been giving her some drawing projects and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, um, Cully's. Cully's have shown a bit of interest, which could be fun. They're going through a big rebrand at the moment, um, new labelling, all that sort of thing. You know, I've bumped uh, into Chris a ton of times with meat stock, and I don't, again, don't have anything to do with his business, don't have any relationship with Cully's. But I, I was in the supermarket the other day and they've just bought out some new sauces and it looks like a bit of a, like a Big Mac sauce that they've bought out, uh, like a maybe a spicy Big Mac sauce. I mean, Cully's is really known for their hot sauces. But, you know, I yeah. looked through the supermarket shelf and there's, a, you know, on the one aisle, these, I don't know, 5,000 products. And, you know, it all looks the same, bro. And I'm just like, man, get some creativity going. You're, you guys all play it so safe instead of just, I mean, you're always... And that's a little bit what we alluded to before. You're always so worried about offending someone. Just make your freaking product and get it out there and make it exciting. And I'm not trying to run, obviously, I'm, I'm not really trying to give uh, Cully's any advice on how to run his business. Obviously, I have no place to do that. But what I can tell you from a consumer point of view, everything looks like a Waddy's bottle down there and it's just like so boring. Nah, the new, the new gear, mate, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really stand out. They've gone to town with the, with the packaging. They got some cool little foil inserts on the labels, so that you know, like, it's 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 definitely going to catch your eye. Um, they've got like a heat scaling on it too, so that nice. yeah, each each, each bottle's numbered. You know, I guess a heat rating. Scovels. Um, yeah, not not so specific as the Scovels, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, say if you're going to rate something one to ten, you know, you're going to start, you know, around three or four and see if that's hot or too hot or not enough and and go from there but, but yeah it's it's so you are actually doing some branding design stuff for them i know the branding through it uh, they, they they just i think they just want me to sort of help them with i guess sort of more of the uh the man on the ground merch you know like some right. some shirts to sell it at, at meat stock and that sort okay, of cool. thing and cool yeah I think the uh the cu- sort of the cully's enthusiast yeah yeah, yeah, I don't, um, I don't, um, I don't, I can't handle hot sauce like for, for whatever reason biologically, I just can't handle it. So I don't, it's not something I eat a lot of. But I know, you know, he's done a fantastic job of getting hot sauce in the consumer market for the, for those who, if you've ever walked down the groceries of the supermarket, you'll find Cully's down there in the supermarket aisle. But you'll you'll note Heinz the Waddies don't do a hot sauce. And so that's a product that Cully's had to sort of develop from the ground up and really push that product onto the grocery store shelf and so that we could have access to it. So credit to 
uh, Chris and his team down there for opening up a, you know, I think they're largely being credited with, or should be credited with opening up a a, uh, a product or a, a demo, uh, what do you call it, a, a skew within a supermarket of, of being able to, you know, uh, I forget the terminology they use, but a division within food so that we have, you know, because if it wasn't for them, there may not be hot sauce still, so, or there'd certainly be less of a selection. So shout out to Cully's team, and they've always supported barbecue in terms of meat yeah. stock, so massive shout out. I know that they help Rum and Q uh, to get their rub brand off the ground, according to Matt Melville. So, you know, Cully's been playing playing their little role in the background, and uh, shout out to them, and go get yourself some Cully's sauce next time you're at the supermarket. And uh, keep an eye out for some merch at meat stock. Yeah, hopefully, if I can get my ass in the gear, I'm. Uh, as I've mentioned, I've got halfway through moving house. We're moving towns. Uh, Are you staying in Port Mac or? No, we'll be we'll be an hour down the road, down in Foster, uh, my girlfriend's hometown, just just closer to family. You know, we've got a little one now; she's ten months old. Um, obviously, with the whole COVID thing. Um, it's sort of shaking up her business, that sort of thing. I mean, it's all good. It's just going to take a little bit of work. And the fact that we can be closer to family with help with Barb at, at, at this stage of our lives and that, it's it's great. I mean, I'm still going to work in port uh, once tattoo shops can be reopened and that sort of thing. And, yeah, it's all good. And, it's, uh, it's I mean, it's an hour closer to Mick and the guys at Full Throttle too, so that's a good thing. So... I'll have to, uh, I mean, next time I'm going to try and come over and visit with you guys over there. I've had a bit of an invitation in the show to cook with Adam Roberts. And, and to be honest, I'd be uh, an idiot not to take that opportunity to go and cook with him. I've always yeah, sure. had a desire to cook with Trev. Um, and I, I almost went last year, but just had such a full schedule. And uh, obviously, Port Max, the home of Jay Beaumont. So, uh, you know, it just needs to be done. Uh, so I would like to come up there. And So how far is full throttle from uh, from Port Macquarie? So basically, if you were to fly to Sydney, full throttle is uh, exactly halfway right. between uh, Port and Sydney. So you're about two hours out of Sydney and a bit over two hours from Port. Um, Too easy. Yeah. I mean, so tattooing. If, if, if you're landing in Sydney too, you know, you got to go past Trev's place. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, hook in there and. Trev will come get me. Hey, Trev. <laughs> uh, I, I, th- I think what people forget, though, is the perception of how big it is over here. Like when I was in New Zealand earlier this year with you, I called in the Blue Ox Babe and, and met up with, with Shani and Richard from, uh, from Far Q. And Far Q, yeah. They, they mentioned their, their interest in. Uh, coming in they're like yeah look what we'd love to do is you know fly to sydney go to black bear call in to see you in port and then finish up in brisbane at the barbecue mafia and i'm like how long you got they're like what do you mean i said you've you've basically just committed to 12 to 13 hour driving you know it's yeah and they're like but it, but it's only this far on the map it's like yeah it's uh it's, there, there's some miles yeah so, Joe, you, you mentioned tattooing, and I guess it would be silly not to just cover tattooing while we got you here. So, you were an artist first, and then started picking up the needles, or what? What do you? How did it work? Were you? Yeah, well, I've I've sort of been an artist my whole life. You know, always been a drawer. Um, sort of 
when I actually lived in New Zealand back in, gee, I think it was 2007 when I lived in Queenstown, that was sort of where I, I got my first sort of paid art gigs. You know, I did some illustrations for a snowboarding website and that sort of thing. And then my mate, he was running the local snowboard shop. We did a mural in there. Funny story. He now works for Traeger over in New Zealand. So he's, <laughs> he, he sells snowboards in the winter and Traeger's in the summer, you know, he's, perfect. He's, he's killing it. So yeah, I've, I've got to reconnect with him through barbecues. So yeah, shout out to Jamie at Outdoor Concepts and yeah. So um, has it been much of a crossover? I mean, how hard is it? To, it seems like it would be completely different uh, putting ink into someone's skin versus drawing on a piece of paper. Yeah, it was, um, I learned a lot of humility in the, uh, in the transition from, um, from being a successful and established artist here in Port Macquarie to then moving into a tattoo shop and it, I mean it was that old school mentality too you know like the old school way of learning how to tattoo is they basically just beat you down until pig you skin. stop making the mistakes you know no no pigskin mate the top top <laughs> to my thighs and my mates you know that was yeah I was lucky enough in the fact that I, I already understood drawing I mean I've been getting tattooed for about 10 years now um, and I've sort of I, I guess I'd been a bit of a tattoo snob in the I'm fact that I didn't get you. tattooed till late. I'm surprised and, you um, don't have your shit. Why, you, why do you even have clothes on right now? Shouldn't you be sitting in your tattoos? Oh, it's the middle of winter here, mate. It's I think it's 18 degrees today, so it's a bit fresh. And plus, I've got the Black Bear shirt on, mate. Got a, they, they always rep the yeah, nah in their videos. So I'll, Shout out to the Black Bear boys. I love those guys, Hayden and Glenn and Ben and Chop. Yeah. You guys are awesome. You got a bit of a tribute on the side of your restaurant to the. Black oh yeah, Bear. well, um, I went over to Brazil with Hayden, and I've, 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 you know, I've always seen those guys at Meatstock, but I really got to know Hayden a lot better, being stuck in a room with him for a couple of days, and uh, you know, over 14, 12 days or whatever it was, and just uh, you know, we've talked in the past about our businesses, and just if I ever run into a roadblock, I'll give him a holler and say, "What are you guys doing at your place?" You know, we're completely different markets, so there's no no reason not to collaborate in terms of some ideas. And uh, I always, you know, they've been quite disruptive in the barbecue scene over there in terms of what they bring to the cuisine and just to the barbecue um, uh, food vending options. And uh, they they sort of, uh, you know, they're freaking killing it over there. What am I what am I saying? Uh, but uh, but Hayden. Um, you know, he's a, he's a fun character and all those guys are. And I wanted to just, well, we had you over in New Zealand. I wanted to just update the wall out the back of the restaurant. So I had this concept of um, putting a black bear up there that was gagged, you know, like in the Mario, how the princess was gagged on a steak or whatever. But then you were like, hey, let's do it. I'm getting roasted. So I just, you know, not one to get in the way. So we out the back of Texas Pete's, we've got a big, black beer on a pike getting barbecued so it's uh it's good 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 fun just just poking at the boys yeah just having a bit of a laugh not trying to slight them or anything like that i totally respect what they're doing but uh you painted that up in the bear i think i dropped you off and then i went to pick my kids up from from school and by the time i got back you was all done so it was uh it was a real quick turnaround that one yeah no we don't we don't muck around mate once once the idea's been conceived it's yeah get it done because you can always overwork something and, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'd love to get those guys down. They were going to come down after meat stock and just to take a photo, but maybe one day we'll get them to do it. But uh, but but anyway, um, just uh, look if teams out there, if companies out there, you know, I got a lot of listeners. I got um, I think seven new subscribers last week. Shout out to my seven subscribers. You guys are awesome. Um, you're my favourites. Uh, if if anyone listening in the future or or whatever wanted to like talk about getting artwork done with you sort of what's uh what's the current format as to how that would work and like the big question i guess and you may not want to discuss it right now is what what kind of cost is involved in getting a piece done for a barbecue team um i mean it it, it it's all sort of like job dependent i do sort of have a base rate which is around 200 bucks for a a3 black and white design mm-hmm. um what then has to happen though is that design has to be taken to a graphic designer, put in a file format. Um, that's sort of going to be my next evolution is to sort of figure out the more digital side of things. Um, at the moment, I don't do it because it's not my strength. I mean, it could take me five hours to piss fart around to vectorize something while someone that knows what they're doing can do it in five minutes. Yeah. So my my time is better spent on the creative side of things. So, um, and I mean, color obviously, it um puts the you know yeah adds a little bit more of a cost. Um, yeah. It, it I mean it it all sort of depends. A lot of guys sort of approach me and say, "Hey, I need you to sort of make me a logo," which. I don't do the logos. What I do is I take your logo and create a unique sci-fi artwork, basically, if you know what I mean, to throw on the back of a shirt to sort of, you know, amplify your identity, so to speak. Um, yeah, because, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to design someone's logo, they're then going to have to take that logo to a graphic designer who's going to have to format it, this, that, the other. So you, you kind of using me as an, as an unnecessary middleman, so to speak. So, I mean, right. I can help with conception and that sort of thing, but my strength and what I prefer to do is just, you know, some crazy form of illustration that sort of sums up your brand and your journey in the back of a T-shirt, you know? Yeah, and look, um, guys, obviously, because I've got so many followers on this podcast, um, you know, the price is going to go up exponentially as demand. So if you're listening to this after it's published, I suggest you give them a call and get an updated price because it's probably tripled by the time you guys get to it. But um, but look, I've found him to be a really open guy to work with. Um, artists do have to put their price up based on demand. And all I can tell you is I've, I've had our shop done about, what, two years ago now. And your artwork is just exponentially getting better and better and your reputation and renowned in the barbecue community continues to grow. So I can very well imagine that the the figure will be updated to reflect the value that you bring. But uh, reach out to Sai um, through his social media channels, which is on Instagram. It's art by Sai. I know that. And he spells... No, no, that's, that, that's Facebook, mate. So, All right. Well, there so you go. Instagram, Instagram is... Uh, Sigh, S-I-G-H underscore 13. So Sigh 13. Art by Sigh on Facebook. S-I-G-H for all the people not living in Australia. It's an H for for Harry. And uh, and just fuck him a message, check out his work, and uh, start start from there, I suppose. And you 
and 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 you may get a no. You got to be realistic. You may not want to paint your deal. Sorry about that, but some of my ideas yeah. are a bit out there, and sometimes well, you got reality. Yeah, got a bit on the plate at the minute, so things have slowed up. I've uh, got a bit of a log jam happening at the moment, so as long as people are patient, I don't mind. Um, yeah, there's there's a bit of a probably a couple of month wait at the moment now with with what's going on. Um, yeah, but also too hoping to get back over to New Zealand uh, by the end of the year. Um, hopefully, might have a couple of new restaurants in Hamilton to paint, but. We'll see how that travels. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we won't make any announcements there. Things of COVID's definitely screwed the plans, but we've we've definitely got yeah. one job for you to paint. Yeah, cool. Um, also, too, um, keep an eye out Steph the Mary's page. There might be something fun happening around Crate Day. So, yeah, pretty keen to get over there. And, you know, none of this is set in stone. There's sort of factors over my end that could change plans at the drop of a hat so but yeah it's all good uh no more meat stocks this year melbourne is booked in for august but i don't know where that's sort of sort of teetering at the moment but i mean if it goes ahead we're there with bells on you know but yeah yeah all right guys well we hope you've enjoyed something a little bit different from the hardcore comp barbecue that i normally do but size has been such a good friend and uh it's just such a unique perspective and influence on the barbecue community. I wanted to have him on. I thought it might be interesting to just document his journey. So I hope you listen to it. Uh, give us a like and a follow if you don't mind. We're now on uh, YouTube, so you can watch the video on YouTube. We've got a channel there called Press uh, Record with Jared McDonald. Uh, and also we are now streaming on Spotify, uh, Apple and Google. You can find us in there if you want to listen to it while you're at work or driving. Uh, give a shout out, uh, huge shout out to Sai for coming on the show and uh, get on his socials and give him a like. He's definitely worth a follow on Instagram, being a very, very visual man. You can uh, always find a, something a little bit of a laugh. If you guys want to look at the artwork for the COVID 19 um, t shirt that's available on smokingbeards.co.nz, you can just search that up and we'll be doing. Uh, I'm sure we'll end up doing a second run of that because once you get those shoots out there, people are going to want more of them. But that's all going to Comp Barbecue. And uh, anything else you'd like to add? Any shout-out to anyone who uh, needs it right now there, Si? Uh, just a quick one on the COVID lockdown tea. Um, funny story with that one. We just happened to randomly, or I happened oh, yeah. to randomly enter that into a uh, competition being run on Instagram. It was basically an art competition for lockdown-related art over in New Zealand run by a group in Christchurch called The Boxed Quarter. Uh, I stumbled across it by accident, and so I added the hashtag, uh, quarantine art, and we made the finals. We made the top three. I mentioned yourself and, and Steve from uh, Creative Alliance and Cook Cartel, and next minute I checked my Facebook, I had all these notifications and, and Steve had done a call out on the NZ Barbecue Alliance to uh, basically head on over to the box quarter and, and vote for the artwork. artwork. Um, so, yeah. It was a landslide victory, I think. It was, a, it was yeah. a landslide victory. But, I mean, it was good. I mean, guys are probably out there thinking I'm blowing my own trumpet. I don't get anything out of it. But what we do get is that art is now going to be blown up to be, I think it's going to be about 
maybe three by four meters permanently on display in the box quarter in Christchurch. <laughs> so a bit of New Zealand barbecue culture is forever etched into the walls of Christchurch, I suppose. So now, will you paint that, or is that just going to be a digital print, or what? what no, that that's going to be digitally printed, almost like a billboard. Yeah, so I think they've built like I think it was after the earthquake they rebuilt this precinct out of shipping containers and and things, you know, just sort of recyclable stuff and sort of adding a bit of like visual stimulation to sort of bleaker areas. And um, yeah, the way they do it is it's a hospitality centre that attracts creatives, and yeah, it's kind of just an area, a precinct area for for creatives to flourish. So. Yeah, cheers to the NZ Barbecue community for uh, getting us over the line. That's but, um, awesome. Yeah, I'm so wrecked about that. Yeah, ever in Christchurch, go check it out. So I'm sure we'll get some update from all the guys down there of when it sort of goes up. And yeah, but that's we put cool. a lot little, of uh, Easter eggs into that one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's one of my more favourite designs. So it's I actually got asked the Australian version of it and I sort of declined because it was like, well, the only thing I could sort of include is people going about their daily lives, not really caring and no toilet paper. So, Love it. All right, guys, <laughs> we'll head, o- head over and give Si a like and appreciate you listening if you made it this far. Uh, stay tuned for the next one. I don't even know who it is. Actually, it might, might be a friend of a friend of yours, Si. So we'll see what happens. But uh, shout out to Si. Thanks for coming on the show and we'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. No worries, guys. Cheers. You. Yeah.